0: That uh, would be good. Oh, my goodness. What a joy to get to be here with you today. What a joy to get to take a nap in the rain. Hallelujah. If you got to take a nap today, God bless you. Was that fun or what? And uh, so good. So, so good. And uh, and so I appreciate, again, the opportunity. Thank you for investing in our family and uh, in God sending us to whoever's next uh, on the on his agenda for us. And that's where I want to live all the time. That's where all of us should want to live is on his agenda, right, all the time. We were just talking about that, Joe, before service, just living on his agenda and him laying out the plans for us and the steps. And sometimes we have our own ideas, don't we, but he's got a plan for us for us I like to have a little bit of fun as i told you along the way and you guys are a fun church it's fun to be with you guys it's fun you know what i like i like coming and hanging out early and sipping coffee together you know what i mean that there's churches they don't even want to talk to each other they don't like each other just show up come sit down on the pew and be quiet and don't talk to anybody do the service and you can't hear them during the service either you know because they're not talking to god probably anyway and and if they're not talking to each other they're probably not talking to him anyway and so just my own two cents right there two dimes whatever and uh, and so, you know, and then, and then they go, and, and man, just what an incredible thing to have such great fellowship together, and, uh, and then to worship together uh, in that same wonderful, joyful spirit. And it, so it has just been refreshing for me today to get to be here with you, and uh, I just want you to keep championing that in this church, and let the community see that, because people are living in a miserable world, and they want what we got. They just sometimes don't know that we've got it, okay? And so we're just going to let them know about it, and that's why next week in the park is going to be awesome, too, and uh, dessert, right? Come on, dessert. He said you could bring anything, but how many of you know, bring something and then bring dessert, too, because that's the most important part of the meal. All right, (laughs) got to get on with the fun stuff here, all right? And so a little old lady had gone to the grocery store, and she locked her keys in the car, and she came out tried to get in her car couldn't she struggled for about 15 minutes and then she finally stopped and said dear lord would you please send somebody to help me get my keys out of my car about that time guy pulls up on a big harley davidson biker guy i mean full leathers he's all tatted up and pierced and got the he's long hair and you know just rough 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 looking guy big big burly guy Climbs off the bike and so a problem, ma'am. And, and she says, well, I've locked my keys in my car and can't get them out. About 15 seconds, he's got that car open. And she's in there. And she just turns around, throws her arms around him and says, oh, Lord, thank you for sending this nice man to help me get into my vehicle. And he pushes her back gently and hangs his head and says, ma'am, I, I'm not a nice man. In fact, I just got out of prison In fact, I got out of prison for auto theft. She throws her arms around him, hugs him again and says, and thank you, Lord, for sending me a professional. (laughs) Sorry, Lord. (laughs) Oh, one more time. Why don't you ask him to help us? You help. You ask him to help me preach better, and I'll ask him to help you listen better. Is that a deal? We got a deal? Okay. Lord, we love you, and we thank you for the privilege to get to be together tonight. And we thank you for the the joy that we've had in being together and in worshiping you and sensing your presence here in such a wonderful way. Lord, we invite you to peel back the natural... Like a claritton commercial God and make it the supernatural super clear to us tonight pray that you would reveal yourself to us in a powerful way that we would be face to face with you like Moses was and when we come away from here tonight God there'll be a glow about us there'll be something that is different that people can see they'll be wondering what it is and it's that we've been in your presence and Lord may we take from your presence that which we need and which others need and may we be able to make a difference in this community and in this town and in this, Lord, in this parish and in our world for you. Lord, we call out to you tonight, ask you to help me to think clearly and communicate clearly truth from your word tonight in such a way that we can grab hold of it. We can let it sink deep into our hearts and we can let it grow and make a difference in our lives for you. Help us now. In your name we pray. Amen. On March tenth, eighteen 1876, Alexander Graham Bell picked up the receiver and made the first ever phone call to his assistant, Thomas Watson, on the other end of the line in another room saying, Mr. Watson, come here, I want to see you. Four years later, in 1880, he developed the photophone. The first ever wireless telephone which transmitted sound on a beam of light instead of electrical waves. 25 years later, 1915... Bell repeated his call to Watson, this time on the transcontinental telephone lines, which connected the East Coast, where he was in New York, with the West Coast, saying, Mr. Watson, come here. I want to see you. But this time, Watson replied that it would take him a week because he was on the other end of the line in San Francisco. Fast forward 58 years. April 3rd, 1873, Martin Cooper, a Motorola researcher and executive, stood in Midtown Manhattan and made the first ever mobile telephone call from his handheld subscriber equipment. And he placed that call to his rival, Dr. Joel S. Engel, at the headquarters of Bell Labs in New Jersey. Catapult. Catapult. 30 years more into the future. I was with our district AIM student missions team in Togovic to Romania. I had... Bought the appropriate AT&T calling card that they had told us would work. If you buy this calling card, you can call from Romania back home and talk to your family. I had bought the big one, 1,500 minutes. Remember back in the day when you used to buy calling cards and and they they were loaded with minutes on there. And and I was like, man, I'm going to be able to talk all I want and call back home. Only when we got to Romania, the card would not work. They said, We'll try it at the hotel. It'll work there. It didn't work there. I got with the missionary. The missionary said, Oh, yeah, they have problems sometimes with the American calling cards. They say that they'll work, but then they don't. You need to buy a Romanian. Calling card. And so one of the people from there, one of the locals who was a believer, took me and went to a place and I bought a Romanian calling card. I don't know how much I paid. I don't have a clue. I just wanted to be able to call home and talk to my wife. And so I got the Romanian calling card, got back to the hotel, tried to make my call, tried everything I knew, went down to the front desk. Nothing would work. Couldn't make the call. Had not heard from my wife in several days. She had not been able to figure out how to call me. I had not been able to figure out how to call her. I always wanted to talk to that little girl. I like her a lot. I love her full time. I like to kiss her straight on the lips. This is the kind of relationship we have. And I wanted to hear her voice. And so a little girl that was on the, I say little girl, she's just Tina. She she was a little girl to me. Anyway, and so she's with us on the trip from our church, and her mom somehow figured out how to call her. And so she told me later, she said, my mom called me. It was so awesome to get to talk to her. I said, okay, here's what you do. Next time your mom calls, be sure to tell your mom to call my wife and tell her how she called and got a hold of you because I want my wife to call me because I want to hear her voice. And sure enough, they got a hold of her and Angela called me the next day. But when she called me, she was concerned because she had come across a physical difficulty that had her really upset and concerned and she was going to have to go see the doctor. And she was going to go to the doctor the next day and, and she was going to call me back and give me the results. And each day I made sure that I was in that hotel at the right time that we had set up because I wanted to hear her voice. I wanted to hear what she was going to say, and she wanted to hear mine to bring some sense of calm and peace to her situation. Things turned out to be okay. We praise the Lord for that. But I determined on that trip in 2003, I would never leave this country again without a mobile phone in my hand that I could pick up and call directly. One number straight to my wife, talk to her immediately. There would be a ring or two. She would answer. We would talk and that she could call me in the very same way because I wanted to make sure that I could hear her voice. Seven years later, 2010, I'm in Nicaragua, this time on another missions trip. And she called me directly to that phone because, again, I wasn't leaving without that phone. (laughs) I made sure. Does this phone work in this country where I'm going? (laughs) Because if it doesn't, I'm going to get the phone that does. And I want to know. But she called me crying, worried, It seemed like everything would go wrong when I was on a missions trip out of the country and couldn't do anything about it. And she was pregnant with our second son, Austin. Of course, you've seen the pictures today, so I kind of give away a little bit of the story. But she was attending. uh, My administrative assistant's dad had passed away. And so Angela was going to the funeral representing me and our, our, our leadership and, and team to be there and support uh this young lady at the loss of her father and uh and Angela's partway through the pregnancy and everything and she's there and her dad drove her and went it was a fellow minister and her dad's minister so he was going to it and so when she called me she was in her dad's truck and they had left the funeral a little bit early because she had started having some complications that had her pretty concerned she was headed to the doctor's office right then and she said alan you got to pray you got to pray right now i do not want to lose this baby And so I prayed, and she promised to call me back and let me know what was happening. Can I just tell you, the waiting time to hear her voice over those next couple hours was excruciating. And when she finally called, I answered immediately. I don't even know if it got a full ring out. I was bracing for the worst and hoping for the best. Praise God, the news was great. It was not anything uncommon to the doctor. The doctor knew exactly what was going on. Everything was fine with Angela. Everything was fine with the baby. It just seemed very disconcerting. But the the point was that in that moment, it was amazing to be able to hear her voice. To hear her tell me everything is okay. You ever wanted to hear somebody's voice really badly? I mean, really bad. Maybe, maybe you turned in an application for a job and, or you submitted a resume and, and you're waiting for that boss to call you and tell you that you got the job and it just seems like forever, forever, maybe you've gone to the doctor. This is the worst, right? You think, it's, it, we're in the 21st century. How is it that we can do a test today and you can't have those answers to me for a week? Come on, I mean, with all the technology that we have, how is it, and we sit, and we wait, and we're just like, I wish, wish they would call, I wish they would call, I wish they would call. I was at my in-laws the other day, and, uh, and they were outside, and I had walked through the kitchen, and the voicemail was going, I mean, their voice, uh, their answer, they still have a, an actual phone at their house, and uh, with an answering machine, and, uh, and so their answering machine goes off, and it was the doctor's office calling to tell that a test that her dad had had, it had come through, and everything was great. And I knew he'd want to hear that. I went, God, he said, hey, I don't know if you were outside or whatever, but they left a message, and and everything's great. And I know you're going to want to go listen to it and everything. And, and there's that time when you're waiting. Or maybe, how many of you guys, how many of you guys are married? Raise your hand. Raise your hand if you're a married man. Raise it, You better raise it higher, okay? She's going to think you don't care. All right? And so... <clears throat> Uh, and how many of you remember asking her to marry you? I remember asking Angela to marry me, and I, I mean, I had planned it. It was New Year's Eve. Come on, that's a good time to get engaged, right? New Year's Eve. And I had the ring tied up inside a little bell, and I had gotten her this as a kind of a late Christmas present. I said, Here, I wanted to give you this. She opens up, she goes, Oh, a bell. I, has, I said, It's got a special ring to it. And she flips it over, and it's got the ring. Whoa! Oh come on hit that thing out of the park guys and so and so you know i take it off the little thing and i'm gonna get down on one knee and i pull a rose from behind you i got the whole deal that's going right and i got this and i i say angela will you marry me and she's like oh alan and i'm like okay i know it's probably like two seconds right before she said yes Right. You know, she said yes, because I mean, OK, anyway, and so, but I'm like, I was like, it seemed like eternity just hanging there. I'm like, well, well, come on. I mean, yes, are you going to marry one? And they just see when you want to hear somebody's voice, you want to hear them speak to you, man. I'm telling you. It's an amazing things it, and we've pastor told you that we're traveling and doing this stuff We're trying to follow god's leading see what he's got in store for us in life and where we're headed Can I just tell you over the past year? How many times the phone has rung with a number that I did not recognize and I I man, I answered that thing because this might be god setting something up that I need to do right and so man I answer that thing only to say Hello Hello and a woman's computerized voice comes on and says, this is Heather with credit services. There's nothing wrong with your credit. Click. I'm like, are you kidding me? Quit calling me. I'm on the national do not call list. Quit calling me. I don't want to hear from you. I want to hear God's got something. Yeah. And you know what happens? I still answer it every time. Right? Why? I know it's Heather. Why do I keep answering it? Because I want to hear. I want to hear God's voice. I want to see Him work. When you desperately want to hear someone speak to you, and and listen, there's times we want to hear God speak to us. We want God to work in our life. We want God to work through us by the power of His Holy Spirit. We want Him to make Himself real to us and through us. Man, when it's like that, it's like your ears are so perked up. You're like a little puppy that thought they just heard something outside. It's like... You're sitting on go, just ready to hear what it is. And when I think of that, I think I'm reminded of 1 Samuel chapter 3. 1 Samuel chapter 3. 1 Samuel chapter 3. And listen to what it says in verse 1. 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 1. Meanwhile, the boy Samuel serve the lord by assisting eli that's a whole message unto itself that we do not have time to preach right now you want to serve jesus find the man of god and serve him okay or a woman of god all right and serve them and, and you can start there but that's a whole nother message all right that was just free right there now in those days messages from the lord were very rare and visions were quite uncommon messages from the lord were very rare and visions were quite uncommon uh, we talked about Moses earlier, we talked about all that stuff, and man, they were used to, to God descending on mountains, and the tabernacle, and meeting face to face with somebody, and that person speaking for God, and God leading them into conquest, into the, the promised land, and they were used to these great experiences with God, but for years, none of that had been happening. And as we come to this moment, and you guys probably don't understand that, you're in an incredible church. You've got incredible leaders. It probably messages from the Lord and visions are not rare here at Sanctuary Family Worship Center in Gina because you have great leaders who are consistently on a regular daily basis seeking God and hearing from Him and sharing that with you. But perhaps you feel like in your own life, the messages from the Lord have been rare And you've been wondering why you don't hear God speak to you. Why God doesn't give you words to speak to people. Why God doesn't speak things into your heart to do that are miraculous. And you want to hear his voice. You want to hear his voice. You're like, that's good. Praise God. I'm so glad that he speaks to pastor. I'm so glad that he speaks to sister. Evelyn. Praise God for that. But I want him to speak like that to me. Well, let me just tell you something. While they are heroic, they are no different than you. And God will speak to you in that way as well. And let's set aside for a few moments that every believer can have their faith tested from time to time. And God is silent. And we've all, you know, we've all read the little note on Pinterest that says, you know, the teacher never talks while they're giving the test. I mean, you know, sometimes God is silent, right, when we're going through something. Let's set that aside Let's talk about those who have either never heard God speak to you or those for whom it has been so long since God spoke to you that you've almost forgotten what it's like. Because those are the two kind of people that we see exemplified in 1 Samuel chapter 3. Samuel had probably never heard the Lord speak to him as far as he knew. This was all new to him. What he's about to experience, you and I have read the account maybe. If you've read scripture, you've read that chapter, you'll know what I'm talking about here in a moment. You'll go, oh yeah, that time. But he had not experienced the Lord speaking to him. And yet also in this account we find that there is Eli, the high priest at the time, who had not heard God speak to him in so long that he had forgotten what it was like to really hear from the Lord. And so we're going to take just a few moments together to look at four ways that we can create an atmosphere in which we invite God to speak to us. Aren't you glad that I didn't say 17 ways? Just four. And so I'm going to hopefully condense this down just a little bit so that we can hear it, we can receive it into our hearts, but then we can have some time to talk with the Lord And we can have that moment together. Is that okay? You ready? You good? All right, four ways. Four ways. And I've put them in the form of questions. And so let's dive into this first question. If you're taking notes, it's always good to take notes in church. You know why? Because we forget stuff. Like, man, that was a great message. Really? What was it about? Oh, man, you know, stuff and things and God and church and all that. Woo! It was glory. The glory fell. It was awesome. It was awesome. Really? So you really got something? Else? Oh, I got something. I got something. I don't know what I got, but I got something. Take notes. Take notes. First question. Are you reachable? Are you reachable? Are you reachable? Verse three tells us one night, Eli, who was almost blind by now had gone to bed. Samuel was sleeping in the tabernacle it's like these kids that were stretched out on the pews earlier Hallelujah move Lord right this is good Samuel was sleeping in the tabernacle near the ark of God Suddenly thank you so much suddenly the Lord called out to Samuel Now listen Samuel don't know how to do everything right Because you're not supposed to get too close to the ark of God right? And maybe he wasn't in the actual holy of holies, but he said, if that's where God is, I'm going to get right up as close to it as I can get. In this account, my first question is, where's Eli, the leader of God's people? When we find him, he's lying down in his usual place or his own place. It says that he was, had gone to bed. He had gone to his own place to sleep. And it, and it was probably somewhere close to the tabernacle. The priest usually lived within a certain distance of the tabernacle or the temple during those days. But it was far enough away that as we read through this scripture, you'll find that when God speaks to Samuel and Samuel goes to Eli, it says that he ran to Eli Now, I don't have time to build up speed from me to pastor right now. There's not enough room for me to run. I might could get up some speed by the time I get to the back of the room, right? But to run, there's got to be some distance that there is there. And so we find that Samuel was reachable, but Eli was not. Are you reachable tonight? Are you putting yourself in the presence of God daily? Are you in the Word? Are you talking with Him? Are you, that's called prayer. It's talking with God. It's a it's conversation. Conversation's a two-way street, right? Two people talk. I talk, you listen. You talk, I listen. That's a conversation. And that's what prayer is. It's a conversation with God in which both He speaks and we speak. Are we doing that? When, you, when you're choosing your music to put on, are you, uh, are you at least occasionally choosing some worship music to put on? Well, I don't like that kind of music. Well, like it. <laughs> Learn to like it. Find something you like. I don't care what style you like. Find something you like. It lifts up God. Put that on. Why? Why, Alan? Because we're waiting on His call. We want to hear his voice. Are you are you eager? Is there anything inside of you that stirs up and says, I want to hear him. I want to hear him speak to me. Are you reachable in your spirit? Secondly, are you responsive? Are you responsive? See, I told you I was going to move quickly through this. Some of y'all thought he's lying. He's a preacher. He's not going to preach quick. He doesn't mean it. Are you responsive? Verse 4 Your pastor would never lie. Just guys like me that come in. Okay, so you understand. Verse 4 and 5 tell us that as soon as the Lord spoke, Samuel responded. Now, Samuel didn't know it was the Lord. Right? I I encourage you to go back and read this later throughout the week, okay? So I'm not going to quote everything that's in there, but you go back and read it. He didn't know that it was the Lord speaking to him. He just knew, he kind of recognized that tone. He thought it was Eli, the spiritual authority in his life, and he excuse me, because he was submitted to Eli as the spiritual authority in his life, the, the moment that he heard that call, he responded like he knew to respond. By the way, let me just pause right here. This is not in the notes. God doesn't expect us to be perfect in our response all the time. The fact is, Samuel didn't knew, know who he was responding to, how to respond, whatever. He just jumped up and did the best he knew how at that moment. And God will take us where we're at if we're really eager to hear his voice. And he will help us through that And if you're responding. So he responds and he runs to Eli. And it's interesting to me when I read this part of the account, Eli can't even drag himself out of bed when he finally realizes that it's the Lord. Three times this happens. And on the third time, that Samuel, somebody's called out his name. Samuel. Samuel. He jumps up and he runs to Eli. On the third time, Eli finally rubs the sleep out of his eyes enough to say, Oh, wait a minute, Samuel. This it's not me calling you. That's the Lord. And yet, he sends Samuel back to be near the Lord. He doesn't get out of bed himself and say, The Lord's speaking. Messages have been rare. Visions are uncommon. God is speaking. I want to be up in the middle of that. I'm the spiritual leader of God's people. I want to be where that's going on. No, no, no. He says, just go on back, Samuel. I'll stay right here. You go on back. And when the Lord speaks again, here's how you respond to him. What a tragedy. Come on, saints of God who have been serving him for a long time. There's a generation coming up that doesn't want you to send them to go hear the voice of God on their own. They want you to show them how to do it. They want to hear you in these altars crying out to God. I can remember being at Southwestern and I can remember Monday night prayer meetings and I can remember hearing the president of the university with his head under a chair going, Oh, God! Help us, God! We've got this. It's going on. God, you know, glory to God! And he was just crying out to God, the missions professor, crying out for lost souls to be saved. And I I remember seeing and hearing that and going, man, these are the guys that are leading us. If they think that this is serious and we'd be here on Monday nights and pray, I better be here on Monday nights and pray. I better get a hold of God like they're getting a hold of God. And we need that to be able to do that. That's not in there either, but just, man, when, when he gets there, Sammy, he simply decides to tell Samuel how to respond to the Lord. And then he rolls over and goes back to sleep. God, help us. In our family, I go to sleep very quickly, very easily. When we first got married, Angela would get mad. She'd say, I was talking to you and you fell asleep. I said, you stopped talking. She goes, for like 30 seconds. I was like, how long do you need? I'm like, is this... I thought you were done. I went to sleep. She's like, in 30 seconds? I'm like, hey, when you're right with God, boom. You don't have to, you go, hey, we're at peace, bro. I mean, this is, you know, literally, literally in 30 seconds to one minute, I'm gone. I'm asleep every night. This is not like, this is not random. That's the way life is, okay? Because if you get up early enough and you do enough throughout the day, don't worry. At night, you will go to sleep, okay? And so, that's good for whoever okay anyway that's not spiritual i don't think anyway and so uh in our family but but I, if you wake me up i also go back to sleep very quickly and very easily usually and so the rule in our family is with the boys if you wake up and you need something you do not go get mommy up because mama can't go back to sleep once you wake her up she's up it's over her mind starts going or something and she starts thinking. I said, quit thinking about stuff. Just go back to sleep. She's like, I can't do it. Come on, anybody, any of you ladies are like, yep, that's it. I got a list a mile long for tomorrow. I got to be, what if we're going to do? We gotta- you know? I'm like, no, just go to sleep. Just quit, you know? Anyway, it's so, so anyway, I told them, boys, just come around and look, all they have to do is reach over and touch me on the arm or go, daddy, daddy. Now it might take up a couple times because I snore occasionally. And, but when they wake me up, Boom! I'm ready to go into action. What? What's wrong? What do I need to fix? What has to happen? Now, I may go back to sleep later, but if the kids need something, it's important to me. I'm going to get up and go do what needs to be done. I also can't tell you how many times in the last 22 years of full-time ministry that I've woken up in the middle of the night, not been able to go back to sleep, and since the Lord's saying, just stay up. Let's talk. You say, oh, you're super spiritual. No. I haven't always said yes. Sometimes I've crawled back in bed and gone to sleep. But I've learned that when I do say yes, those moments with him are so precious, so wonderful, that it's gotten to the point that if I wake up and I can't go back to sleep, even if he hasn't said yet, I started to say can we have some time now lord can we maybe we could just get together right now and talk while everybody's quiet and I've never regretted it we we have to Be responsive to the Lord when he reaches out to us, regardless of what time it is, regardless of how uncomfortable it is or how inconvenient it is. I believe that's why God moved on from Eli working through his family. Eli was not responsive, but Samuel was responsive. And so God spoke to Samuel and he used him in the power of his spirit. Are you reachable? but not only reachable are you responsive when god taps you on the shoulder or he whispers in your heart's ear if you are then you're on your way not only to hearing the voice of god but being led by his spirit thirdly are you receptive are you receptive first are you reachable second are you responsive third are you receptive In verse 10, we find that Samuel does what Eli instructs him to do, and the next time the Lord speaks to him, he says, Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. In other words, whatever you have to say to me, I'm going to hear it. I'm going to receive it. I'm going to say, It's right. It's good. I accept that. Samuel was, not only, uh, was being receptive to not only what the earthly spiritual authority had told him to do and spoke to him, but he was also making room in his heart for the Lord to speak to him and for him to be receptive to the Lord. And from the way that Scripture records this account, Eli didn't want to hear the Lord speak directly to him. He knew the Lord was speaking, but he didn't want God to speak directly to him. In fact, as you go on the next morning, we'll, we'll find out about this. He says to Samuel, now, Samuel, tell me everything the Lord said to you. Well, if he had gotten up out of bed and gone to where God was speaking and gotten in the middle of what was going on that God was getting into, God would have probably spoken to him too. But he didn't want to hear it straight from God. He wanted to let God speak it to somebody else and then somebody else speak it to him. That's not new. The Israelites told Moses hundreds of years earlier. They wanted him to converse with God. God's power comes down on the mountain. There's thunder. There's lightning. Looks like the mountain is exploding with fire. God speaks. His voice is booming. It's power just like crazy in that place. They all freak out and go, "Uh uh-uh. We don't want nothing to do with that. You just go talk to him, Moses, and tell us what he said. We get scared sometimes. Like, oh, I don't know if I can handle all that. That Holy Spirit stuff freaks me out a little bit. If people go to talking in tongues and laying hands on people, it's going to get a little crazy up in here. What if somebody starts to do a little thing, you know? I mean, just let somebody else do that. Here's Eli, the high priest The one man in all of Israel who's supposed to represent people to God and God to people, he's not willing to hear for himself from God or for anyone else. Let's be honest, how many times do we not want to hear God speak to us? Come on, Eli's sons were being pretty bad. They were doing some really wicked things. They were involved in prostitution as part of the worship. They were taking more than their fair share of what was given as sacrifices. Scripture says they were wicked. And it says that Eli didn't stop them like he was supposed to. He gave a little bit of confrontation, but he didn't really do what he should have done to to remove them from that or to constructively help them understand that, boys, if you do this, there's bad days ahead of you. And get them out of there. He didn't do that. So of course he didn't want to hear from God. Because there was sin going on in his family and in his role, and he didn't want to deal with it. He didn't want to hear God. Come on now, listen. Y'all looking at me like Eli don't we don't when we know something's wrong in us, we don't want God. We got unforgiveness in our heart towards someone. We don't want to hear God speak to us because we know the first thing he's going to talk about, don't we? He's going to tap that thing in our heart and our life. He's going to say, no, 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 no. Before we do anything else, let's deal with this. So said, no, no, no. Don't talk to me. Go talk to pastor. Go talk to one of the elders, God. Talk to them. Don't talk to me. Maybe they'll say something to me and eventually I'll get all that worked out. Or maybe I'll deal with it before the next time you speak. But not right now. Sometimes we're afraid. What if God tells me, I remember we were we had not been married long. We were living in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And I remember we were in a some kind of restaurant. It seems like a pizza place or something. And I remember this man came in, sat down by himself, and was eating and just looked incredibly lonely. Just like broken. And I looked at my wife. After a couple of minutes I said, I, I feel like God wants us to go sit and eat with that man. She goes, that's so weird. I do too. I was like, I don't want to do that. (laughs) That's awkward and uncomfortable. Hi, sir. We don't know you, but could we sit down and eat with you in this restaurant, even though we've never met? And we both live in this big city. We will probably never see each other again. But could we just eat together anyway? And I'm telling you, we kept, she's like, I, I don't want to do that either, you know, and I'm like, good, Then we are in agreement, this is good, you know, that's a good marriage when you're in agreement, not when you're in agreed about the wrong thing. Anyway, and so, so finally, like, I, we just, both well, we're like, we can't get away from this, a couple minutes gone by, and so we get our stuff, and go over, and say, sir, I, this might be a little weird to you, but we just noticed that you're sitting by yourself, and Uh, Seemed like maybe a little bit lonely and wondered if we could share a table with you tonight and and maybe just eat together. Would that be okay? Well, sure, come on, you know, and, and it ended up being a great moment for us to be able to do it. How many of you know sometimes, God, we're afraid. We don't want God to speak because we're afraid of what he might ask us to do. But the problem is we'll miss out on what he wants to do because we don't want to hear from him. So are you being receptive? Are you being receptive? It's interesting. Eli knows what it's going to take to hear from God because he tells Samuel how to do it. But he doesn't want to do it himself. So are you receptive to whatever God wants to speak to you? Are you putting yourself in a place to be uh, reachable? Are you responsive? Are you open to receiving, accepting what he has for you? And then lastly tonight are you ready? Are you ready? Verses 17 and 18 tell us that Samuel obeyed and told Eli exactly what God had told him. Eli says, I'm telling you, son, you better tell me the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. So help you God. If you don't tell me the truth, boy, we are about, we're going to have some problems right here, right now. I don't care what he said. Just say it all to me. And surely he knows he's missed out on a moment. And I'm sure it wasn't easy for Samuel. Verse 15 says that Samuel basically tried to avoid Eli that morning. (laughs) He says he got up, he went about his duties as normal and everything, and finally Eli had to come to him and say, Stop, tell me what God said to you. I know he spoke to you. Eli finds and makes him tell him. And in that moment, Samuel decided that he was ready to obey God. And do what he had been instructed to do. And as a result. You know what happened? You know what happened for Samuel? Because God spoke to him. Because he was reachable. And responsive. And receptive. When God spoke to him. And he obeyed. He was ready to do what God said. Guess what happened? God spoke to him again. And you know what happened the next time? He obeyed. And you know what God did? God spoke to him again and again and again. And again, and each time God spoke to him, Samuel obeyed. And God, as Scripture tells us there, that God continued to speak to Samuel throughout his lifetime, using him powerfully to make a difference in his nation. It was this wealth of obedience that one day down the road we read about would give Samuel the ability and the courage to say to King Saul, who, by the way, could have taken his life for opposing the king, could have had him executed, But Samuel's able to stand up as a man of character and integrity and honor and say, Hey, Saul, king or not, obedience is better than sacrifice. Why? Because as a 12-year-old in the tabernacle next to the presence of God, the ark of God where God was known to hang out, he said to God, I'll listen. I'll hear what you have to say. And not only that, God, I'll do it. I'll do it. I remember the first time I ever gave a message in tongues. I was nervous as a cat on a hot tin roof. I'm telling you, I was in Bible school. I was in a class called Person and Work of the Holy Spirit. And I remember being in there. And and boy, the, we prayed before class every day. There was a little devotion and prayer time before we started class. And I'm telling you, it was thick up in there in that prayer meeting. I mean, the presence of God descended in that room. I thought we were in the tabernacle. I thought the Ark, Ark of the Covenant's got to be somewhere because God's here. All right? And I'm telling you. And there was this thing, it was like, You give the message in tongues, you give the message in tongues, you give the message in tongues, and I'm gonna give the interpretation to somebody else. And I was like, I don't know This probably sounds like tongues, it's not <laughs> Okay, you know, and I was just like and, and finally, just finally got it out, and sure enough, boom, right after that interpretation, it was somebody else in the class responded, That's exactly what I'm going through right now. And we all start praying for that person. God moves, it's powerful, it's this wonderful moment. And I was like, Wow, that's what it's like to hear god speak to me Tell me to do something and I do it and then he responds and this is amazing. I want to be obedient to him like that again It wasn't long after that I was playing drums at our church And and that we attended there in the in the area and uh on a sunday morning There's a message in tongues given and uh, and I know the lord's given me the interpretation and I'm sitting at the drums. It's during the worship time. Everything is stopped, and God's like, "Go ahead, give it, give it." And I was like, "My throat got so dry." <laughs> I'm telling you, I never had cotton mouth like that before, man. It was like, "Oh, oh Why? Wow. I felt like Jerry lewis I was like, oh, oh, "Hey, Mister," I was like, "You know," I was like, uh, "And I, I don't know how to do this. I've not done this before, and I'm, I want to, but I." Uh, <sighs> And I didn't. I didn't. Somebody else gave the interpretation almost word for word what had been going through my heart and mind that I needed to say. I knew that they were right on because I knew that's what God had spoken to me to say. And I just kicked myself so badly for missing that. But Sunday night, I was playing. It was my week to play. We had rotation in the thing. Sunday night, I was playing drums again, and again, God's spirit breaks loose in that place, message in tongues, and he goes, want another chance? Let's go. And that night I was like, I am not missing this opportunity. As scared to death as I am that I might get this wrong or whatever. I am going to try my best and I'm sure my voice quaked and quivered, but I just finally spoke it out and when I did, there was this great sense of peace that rushed over me and boy, it just began to flow out and I'm telling you, it was exactly what was needed at that moment. That's not because of me. That's because of God who finally found a kid who would say, yes, I'll I'll be responsive, I'll be receptive, I'll be reachable, but I'll also be ready to obey. Finally gave in and obeyed and I remember that that was just the first of times to come as I pastored a church and had to lead us through those moments and had to learn what that was like and then serving as the district youth director and I was leading camps and I remember one night that we were there and in the altar time the the Lord says to me, "I want you to give an illustration" A physical demonstration to the students and the leaders of how I offer my grace, people abuse it, and I still continue to offer it. I was like, okay, God. He's like, I want you to find somebody, bring them up here, and have them slap you in the face as hard as they can. this is not God. That's that's the devil at work right up in here. That is... God. God doesn't want to hurt me. God loves me. He's not. This is we're not doing this. I'm not. I'm not. Okay. I'm not going to do this. This is good. I feel good. We're not going to do this because he's like, do it, do it, do it. I'm telling you, this is where we're headed. This is what I want to do. This is it goes. I mean, I'm wrestling with this. You guys, I'm standing up in front of hundreds. of. I'm on the stage. The worship team is there. The evangelist is doing whatever they do, and and I'm like, I'm just there, but I don't want to interfere, God, because, you know, there's a good thing going on right now in the altars, and, you know, not, I don't need, I, you know, it's, I'm not the show. You're the show, God. I mean, really, come on. You know, I'm just fighting this whole deal, and, and finally, I give in. I'm going to do it. Well, I can't think of who I can get to do this, because the kids, I was like, it needs to be somebody on our staff. When I ask them to do things, they're always very submissive. They will do it, and so I start thinking, okay, I'll ask this kid. I'm like, no, that kid loves me. They won't hit me like they need to hit me. I start going through I finally find a kid that I'm like, this kid though he though he will just Think this is the most horrible thing in the world. He will do it. That's how submitted he is, okay? That's his heart. And so I bring him up. I say, hey, go, get, go get Caleb. So they go get Caleb, and they, they bring him up there. I say, Caleb, I need you to help me with an illustration. He's like, great, Pastor Allen. What do you want? What do you want to do? I was like, here's what's going to happen. I need you to haul off and slap me as hard as you can in the face. He's like, I, I can't do that, Pastor. I said, you have to do that. God is speaking, okay? And I don't know what to do, but if I have to be obedient, you have to be obedient. Do you understand me? So we're both going to be obedient, young man. Now, You slap me in the face as hard as you can. You know what I'm like? <laughs> you know, I'm trying to get, I'm trying to get worked up for this. You know? and I said, now it can't be like a you. You can't fake this. Like you, you gotta pop me, bro. You gotta. I mean, and he's like, well, how hard? I was like, well, like don't knock my teeth out or anything, but you know like so like somewhere in between faking and knocking my teeth out but real don't draw blood okay unless you have to but try not to you know and I, we're going and he's like okay i think i can do it and so we stand there and I, i'm sorry and and like so i get everybody's attention you know when there's a break and everything and i'm like young guys guy wants to show us that this is kind of how we treat him sometimes this is that's what he does, and he loves us so much. He pours out his grace, his mercy, and he forgives us and welcomes us into his family. And, and I love Caleb. Caleb, do you love me? Yeah, I love you. And and, and great, Caleb, you know. And so Caleb is going to represent us sometimes, and I'm going to represent God, not because I'm God. But anyway, you know, just this is. And, and so I said, Caleb, go ahead. And. <laughs> Caleb, Caleb, when I see him rear back, I'm like, oh, this is not good. It's not good. Pow! Boy, he pops me. And I'm like, "Whoo!" I hate to be slapped in the face. You can do a lot of stuff to me. I'd rather you punch me in the gut. I'd rather do a lot of things. But you slap me in the face. We're going to have words. And I was like, I, literally, my head went poof. When he slapped me, and I was like, whew. And I said, but this is what God does. And I grabbed Caleb, and I hugged him. I hugged him as hard as I could hug him. A little harder than I should have. No, I'm kidding. I, I hugged him, and I said, but I love you. I don't care how many times you slap me, I love you, I forgive you, I know you didn't want to do that, you told me you didn't want to do that, but I asked you to do it and you did it, and and listen, but I love you no matter how much you hurt me, I still love you and I forgive you, and he's just sobbing, just sobbing, and I pushed him back and I said, go again, harder, and I'm telling you, that sucker cocked back, BAM! And I mean, my head snapped. Pow. And after I shook it off a little bit, <laughs> I said, come here, bud. He's like, uh-huh. I said, yep. Dude, we're sobbed. We're both crying, you know. And I'm like, if you feel like you've treated God like that. So now he's like, you know, they run to the altars. People are like, oh, God! You know? and there's this powerful move that happens. But if we're going to see God work through us in the gifts of His Holy Spirit, both here in this church, let me rephrase that, here in this building, and in our everyday lives, we've got to be reachable. We've got to be responsive. We've got to be receptive. And we can be all those things, but if we are not ready to obey, it will stop with us. And so let me ask you tonight, and I Maybe mean, the worship team wants to come back, they can come back. I always give worship teams liberty, because there's been times when a worship team has been like, "I totally need to go answer that altar call." Somebody on that team, and I want them to know, "Hey, if you've got to stop what you're doing, stop what you're doing," and go respond. That's more important. Now let me ask you, when was the last time you heard God speak to you? Have you ever heard him speak to you? You may have walked to this place and said, I don't know, man. I, I don't know if I really ever have heard God speak to me. Well, I don't feel bad. Neither had Samuel. Do you want to hear him speak to you? Maybe as desperately as some of those illustrations we mentioned in the in the opening, but when you just really want to hear from God. Listen, it seems like this church is primed. It seems like you guys are at this precipice at this place where you're about to launch off and there's this huge work that God wants to do in this church and in in the church with a capital c the the church in this parish where churches are coming together and things are being done to show people in this community and in the world come on why can't the tv crews come to gina this time for the move of God for the move of God. Do you want to hear from Him? Are you putting yourself in a place to be able to hear from Him? Are you, are you going to respond when He does speak to you? Are, you? are you going to take it to heart and accept what He has to say? And then when He says it, are you going to be ready to obey? Even if you're nervous, even if you're scared, I've been there. I know I'm still there. There's times he says stuff, and I think, no, let's don't do that. I don't like that plan. But his plan's always best. It's always best. And so I want to create some time for us tonight. Say, I don't have a lot of time. I don't want to take a lot of time. Come on. We can set a few things aside. I know it's the first Sunday that football's back on TV. I understand but I want to hear from him. I want to hear from him. I want to hear from him. Don't you want to hear from him? Don't roll over and go back to sleep. Let's don't be that church. Let's be those that next time we're out on the rig, God nudges us to say something to somebody we do. The next time we're on the football field and one of our fellow players or even the opposing player has gotten hurt is laying there on the field and the medics are working on them, that we're ready to go out there and lay hands on the sick and see them recover. The next time that somebody you see somebody across the place at work or across the hall at school or maybe in Walmart and you sense the Holy Spirit say, they're dealing with this. Go tell them that I know and then pray with them and tell them I'm going to take care of it. That we'll be ready. I don't know, I don't know if I can do that. There's really not much that you have to do. Just be reachable. Just be responsive. Just be receptive. Just be ready. And then let Him. Do what he wants to do through you. Why don't you stand right now? Heavenly Father, we we need you. We want you desperately. God, we're not willing to just stand by anymore. We're not willing to roll over and go back to sleep. God, when you're speaking, when you want to do something in us, God, we're not content to just come on Sundays and come on Wednesdays and go to small groups. God, there's more. There's more, and we want to hear you. We're desperate to hear your voice. We're desperate to operate in the gifts of your Holy Spirit. We're desperate to speak words for you. We're desperate to work miracles. Have you worked them through us, Lord? We're desperate to see our lost friends and neighbors come to you. We want to hear your voice. Speak. Your servants are listening. Come on, if that's you tonight, I'm going to count to three just again to make it simple. Some people wonder, should I go, should I not go? When I say three, the Holy Spirit's been tugging on your heart. You're like, man, I want to hear God. I want to be like Samuel. I want to do that. You just step out. Don't wait. Don't second guess it. Don't do like I did where I missed my opportunity. You step out. And listen, tonight, if the Holy Spirit moves on you, this is a safe place to practice. It's a safe place to practice. How do you learn how to be used in the gifts of the Holy Spirit? You try. You practice. If you're not sure, you think it sounds strange or odd, come find pastor or one of the elders and say to them, I think God might be saying this to me. Does that make sense? Should I do? Is that okay? And they'll guide you through that. But be open to that, okay? Someone count to three. If you want to hear God speak to you, if you want, man, we're just going to come and find a place. I'm not going to lay hands on you. I'm not to, unless God gives me a word to speak to you. This is between you and God, and mine is between me and God. Is that cool? We're good on that. Awesome, Lord, we need you. Now God, I've tried to communicate this as clearly as I possibly could. Holy Spirit, you do the drawing tonight. We need you. Help us to respond, Lord. Help us to be reachable and receptive and responsive and ready. Like only you can. One, two, three. Step out from where you're at. Come find a place. You want God to speak to you. You say, I want to be in the middle of what God is doing in this parish, in this